The Story in Your Head, Episode 25, Shooting with Joanne Rush. Welcome to The Story in Your Head. I'm Ron Mackler, and today Michelle, Joanne, and I discuss the word should and how we have worked to change perception of it over time from one of shirking responsibility and blame and changed it into one that drives self-discovery and action. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster, or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connections, and in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. Welcome to The Story in Your Head. I'm Michelle Masago. And I'm Ron Macklin. And I'm Joanne Rush. So today, we have a very fun topic, at least for me, and it's on the word should. So I looked it up, and in the dictionary, one of the definitions is used to indicate obligation, duty, or correctness, typically when criticizing someone's actions. I love that second part. Before we dive in, I'll just give a, a few quick comments. Should is a word for me that I've been noticing more on how well I use it. It makes me feel bad about things in the past and in the future. I should have worked out. I should work out. So, hmm, what mood does that produce for you? And what do you think about the word should? And as we sometimes call it, shoulding. So, Ron, would you like to start us off? Yes. Thanks, Michelle. You got a smile on my face from from that one. The phenomenon called that I call uh, shoulding, right, is all those things that I keep telling myself that I should do, but I'm I don't have the space, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I don't have something around that. And what it does is it just puts a burden and a weight on me. And what it does, it pulls me out of being present now. It pulls me out of like having fun with what I'm doing because I really, even though I'm doing this now, I really should have washed the car. I really should have paid the taxes already. I should have taken care of that crack in the wall of the rental house. There's all those things that I should have done that keeps me from being present in the moment. I find it pulling me away. And so I, like what I really work on is even though I'm not saying it out loud, all those times that I have that story in my head that I should be doing something else. And also, if I actually go do that thing, I can shoot on myself saying, well, I should have been spending time with Connie or I should have been working out or I should have been doing these other things. And so it's like, I'm never going to be enough when I'm shooting on myself. That's what, that's what shows up for me in the word should or shooting and how, how I've been working with it. Thanks. Joanne, how about you? So I was thinking about that. And as I listen, when I use the word should, I now have triggered since we've been working it for a while to just go, what did I just do? So I'm, I'm almost rendering this word to be, you know, how do I replace it with something else? And I do find it's on its, it's usually on its way to blaming. 
You know, it, it isn't come with the, I should work more and then laugh. It's on its way to send, declaring some dissatisfaction. And so that criticizing action is where I kind of hold it. Where I hold it in the future is a way to avoid responsibility for what you're about to do. And I think of things like, well, this should work. Okay, so whatever I'm about to do, I'm declaring that I'm not going to do anything else, but who says it's even going to work out? And I'm already preparing for if it doesn't, I never said it would. So there's just a quality in that word to be either on its way to blaming somebody else or a way to excusing why the current moment, the current situation is somehow less than it could be. And words that make you take out of the moment and and make you judge things to be anything other than your best choice don't serve me very well anymore. And so I react to, I, I'm trying to get rid of the word. Thanks, Joanne. When I read the definition, it said indicates obligation. And I guess for me, the word should doesn't commit me to anything. <laughs> it's just like, it's a nothing word almost. And I read an article, I think the other day, it said it was a pretty much of a nothing word, right? Because it doesn't commit you. You have no commitment when they say, I should work out more. Not, not that I don't say that in my head more than once, but it doesn't say, I'm going to work out today. And if something happens, which it could, right? It's okay. But should already puts, as you said, Joanne, I love the blame there. And I feel bad before I even had a chance to do it. So I'm like, hmm. Not quite, not quite the mood I'm looking to produce there. You know, Ron, you talked about should taking you out of the present. What practices do you have to, number one, notice, right? You certainly can hear yourself, both inside and outside voice. But what do you do? do have you tried to eliminate the word? How do you notice it? And what do you do when you do notice it? My best, I say my best strategy is to speak it out loud. Oh, I, I'm shooting on myself here. Oh, wait, did you shoot on me? Did, did, did I just shoot on you? And to speak it out into the world so that it exists outside of my internal story. The, I, I, the mechanics I hold the, are at work in my head when I do that is when I shoot on myself inside my head and I don't speak it out loud, it kind of becomes a shield protecting me from whatever it is that I should do or should not do. Same thing. And, it keeps me from being in the world. In, in a way, it's kind of a turtle shell and I kind of shield myself up. Or if I speak it out into the world and then it goes, you know, not only do other people hear it, not only do I know that other people hear it, but it goes out in the world and goes back into my ears, which is a different part of my brain. So now I'm hearing that space to where I can notice the word and notice the phenomenon called should, the linguistic phenomenon should, right? I can hear it and I hear it and hold it differently. Then the word that I tried to replace should with is choose. I choose to work out. I choose to not wash the car today. I choose to not pay the taxes until they're due. I choose. And that whole puts me in a place where I can now be in the present. And what that, when I use shoulds, should is a shield to protect me from being now. And because now is vulnerable. It's a, it's a risky place. To be now and working towards vulnerability and putting my shields down enables me to like be with where I'm at right now and not 
use that should to take me out. Yeah, thanks, Ron. You know what I heard in that? I love replacing with the word choose because you can choose differently, right? You could choose, oh, it's raining, so I choose not to wash the car. Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. Maybe I want to spend some time outside, so I choose to wash the car. But with should, you can't choose. You're kind of stuck in just should rather than being having that space to choose things. And I'm curious for yourself, do you have any examples or stories where you sort of caught yourself and either it, it maybe closed down an opportunity for you or maybe something in the past before you've started some practices around what that word should has not enabled you to do or has shut down opportunities? For me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. You can start. And uh, teeing up to Joanne there so she can think about it for a few minutes. Yeah, thank you. Here's some space, Joe. Joanne, just enjoy the, the reflection. There was one example that was a challenge for me. And I was riding, it was one of my objective was to ride my bike across the state of Colorado. And my dad was my support and we were all in there. And, you know, so just him and I, it was amazing time just to be together doing this. And I'd gone over the first big, the biggest pass that we were going to go across. I went over it actually went, did really well. I'm amazed at how well I did. And I had this should that I should go all the way across the state, right? I had accomplished what I had set out to do, which was to be with my dad, to ride my bike up over a big pass, to do all these things, right? And what I noticed was we weren't spending much time together, but I had this should inside me saying, but you started this, right? You're going to finish it, right? You should. Otherwise, you'll be a failure. And instead of just keep going in that space, there was a moment when I said, how about we just stop the ride and we'll go do stuff together. And I noticed that was so, like I could feel the weight and the pressure of the should that I had put on myself in that, in that world, but to give it up and to move away. And I remember the look on my dad's face because you're like, you, you always finish things. What, what, what are you doing? I'm going like, uh, I'm not shooting on me here. And I'm, I'm going to spend the next day and a half with just you in the car driving around versus you supporting me. And we talk in the evenings. And I, I noticed how my body did not want to stop. But I also noticed that the next 36 hours we were together, it was just the two of us. And I really enjoyed that. And I could be present with him versus, you know, before it was all about what am I doing next on the ride? all of our conversations around what's next, what's next, what's next. And that's a big one. But I also noticed the little tiny ones, like I, sh I should have moved money from this account to the other account. I need to do it right now. And I have to do it. I should go do it. And then um, yesterday, Garrett said, uh, I got to run to the bank. Is there anything you need? I went, oh, yes. I, I don't have to do this. I just gave him the check. And he went and moved, did you do, done? I was going like, oh my gosh, I could just feel that I had should on myself saying I should be going to the bank to do that. And it was just, I wasn't even open to even making a request or noticing it because I was so busy shooting on myself. Yeah, thanks, Ron. You know what I hear is historical conditioning. I just kind of made that up, but like <laughs> history says you should act this way. Should, right there, I just used the word. And boy, can it hold us in place till we, we kind of get no, re, not recognize it and then have the courage to change the story. So 
Joanne, how about you? Any stories for you? So, Solon, thanks for that. What I notice is, especially when, when it's the I should be exercising, I should do, you know, things I'm not doing that I say I should do, it's a state of whose expectations am I carrying? And what I tend to find is I'm either carrying something that I declared I was going to do that I really doesn't serve me anymore. I just have trouble letting it go. And I think, Ron, you got it said, you know, once you're gone, I'm going to go do this. It's like, but do you still, do you still want what it produces? And I noticed that, but it also is, I, I helps me find that I've picked up something that is coming from outside of me, an expectation that I got either, you know, it could be as old as my mom and dad told me I, I should always do this, or it could be anywhere. It isn't mine. And if it is mine, then the approach I'm using to get it done isn't working. So do something else. It's like, what would I do different in the future? How would I not end up here again? And if I, if I talk to myself like that, of well, how, what else would you have done? Or what else will you do in the future? Then I let go of where the should takes me and I go to what's really going on and how can I address it? But I'm more in the action of, of present and future and not in the who's right or wrong or judging. Thanks, Joanne. For me, the, the first story of many that come to my mind is... When I was working, right, you, I had this expectation of how fast I'd be promoted to all the different jobs based on, when I think back, it's like based on what, you know, was it based on, I, I, what I figured out is just my expectations. So I was in a story for a while of I should have been promoted by now, right? And of course, I might have been promoted, I think, a year before. And, you know, as those of you that are in the corporate world, as things move up, sometimes they're a little further in between. And what it did is it shut down a lot of my thinking because then I was just kind of in a bad mood, right? And looking for all the reasons why I wasn't being promoted, whatever they may be. I'm in the wrong location, not on the right projects. I don't know. I could come up with a whole list of things. And when I finally sort of recognized it and dropped it and said, I just want to have fun at my job, right? And kind of dropped the should. What I started to notice were new opportunities not necessarily a different job title, but a hell of a phenomenal job. And if I wasn't in that space, I wouldn't have gotten one of my final jobs within the company. And that was working on a special project to reduce maternal mortality around the world, which is one of the most amazing projects that you can do, especially with a, with a corporate sponsor to go around and, and make a difference in the world. But if I continued to should and said what was more important was the title, rather than the job, I don't know if I would have ever seen it. So that's the one that sort of pops up for me. So we talked a little bit about ourselves and when we notice we should on ourselves, what about when you notice it in somebody else? What lines or stories can you tell others to help them see it? And do you, and is it worthwhile? And what value could that be for other people? So Ron, we'll start with you again. Several of the lines that I use are similar to what we talked about, which is, did you notice that you were shooting on yourself? Like just to bring it out into the world and, and there's open the dialogue up. Is it, what do you mean? Am I shooting on myself? Well, do you have some should that's like some other requirement that somebody else gave you, or you picked up from somebody else, or you think about, right. That may be out of date that you haven't really assessed whether this is relevant for you. Are you shooting? Cause you should do this. And 
sometimes they, they look at me like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I goes, well, do you ever hear that voice in your head say, I should do this or I shouldn't do this? Because it's the same phenomenon. The other thing is, what is your story about why you would want to do that? And the why many times brings up the space where they go, well, I, sh- I just should do it. And that's a space for us to really look at what does it serve? What does it produce? Does it take care of you? And to dance in that space. When I'm dancing with somebody and then they're not creating their own world, they're living in somebody else's, this gives them a space to choose their own creation of life versus what somebody else has handed them or what they think somebody else has handed them. And those are the lines that I use with them. And I always share a story and like I could get the one from yesterday with the check balancing money stuff, but there's always something that's like going on right now that helps me keep it centered for myself. And it pulls it to them to see that this is something that happens every day. I share that vulnerable story about where I do it to myself, how I noticed it, what I can do differently and where I didn't notice it and went for days. Yeah, just feeling bad about yourself, yeah. right, for days. <laughs> At least that's what happens to me. <laughs> uh, d- days would be sometimes nice. S- sometimes it's months and years. Mm. Right? And I've I've bumped into people who, you know, eight years ago, they, they this thing was a situation, and now they're still saying, I should have been different back then. Well, let's dig into that one a little bit, uh, just because it triggered me. I should have been different. Boy, talk about a story you can hold on to, huh? What does that mean? trigger for you when when you said that i'm just curious it's a a story of regret it's a story of they had the opportunity they they assessed now they had the opportunity and they didn't they had a situation and they missed it they didn't know it they had some moral around it and now they're looking back saying like instead of celebrating the learning they're regretting the actions of the past yeah so what you brought that word choose again Right? So you, everything's a choice at a pretty basic fundamental level. You're choosing to hold on to that story. Like I said, it's versus celebrate the learning. That's a, that's a practice I'm still working. Yeah. As I could say. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 whatever happened, happened. Whatever they did, they did. And they can choose to use a shield to not be responsible. Right. But if you just go like, no, I did that. I made the mistake. I made the error. That's mine. I did it. Yay. Right. And this is what I learned and move on. Not always the easiest or funnest thing to do. Simple, but not easy. Yeah. Totally accept. I, uh, I still work that one. Joanne, for you, let's go back to the, the question. When you noticed someone else, right, shooting on themselves, what do you do? So I do think there's power in playing with the sound of the word shoulding. And if they haven't heard it before, it will trigger somebody to go, what did she really say? She didn't really say what I thought she said. And then you say it again and they're like, oh, that's cute. The other one though I use is what difference would it have made if you did? And if they go into all the things they can think of that might've been different, I can listen for Usually there's a place where what they think they should have done wasn't really something they were in a position to do anyway. And they can kind of notice that. The other part is they go, well, wait, but what would you have given up? What'd you do instead? And what would you have, what would that have cost to kind of look at the choice? 
And then if they, if they find that it makes a difference, it says, well, how else can you take care of that? So how do you let go of the, the retrospective? How do you let go of the, I'm going to feel better beating myself up and I just still, I'm not fixing a thing. I'm just beating myself up. How do you turn it into something that's focused on action? And that's how I work with me. And that's how I try to work with others is to let them notice that, you know, and then, then I might even throw in, if somebody really can't let it go, is it, do you, you know, and I think Ron might've mentioned, do you really enjoy that? You know, how does that make you feel when you do that? I find sometimes I do need, you know, the 10 minutes or less to lecture myself for a choice I made that in the moment I realized was not my best choice. And I can shit on myself for about that long and say, bring to mind what a choice might have been more positive and why, and then let go and be able to make different choices in the future. And that does sound incredibly simplistic. Not easy at all. But the time limit helps, I think. It's almost better to say it than to than be so busy not saying it. You you only say it to yourself inside and you never let it out. Yeah, thanks, Joanne. I do carefully and slowly pronounce the word shooting, which I would recommend for all those newbies out there to go slow. It's It's not a word in the dictionary, but it's okay. You can still use it. And I also really like the practice that you brought up on giving yourself time to get over it. And I've done that. You know, give yourself time frames to do different things and just go for it, right? Be really mad, be really whatever, just do it. Find a nice little space by yourself and be done with it and move on. So I think that's a, that's a fantastic practice and I want to thank you for that. Yep. I, I would add in, and I agree it's a great practice, but I'd add in the speak it out loud. It, it may occur to other people as weird because you're sitting in a room by yourself talking to yourself, but to hear those words out in the world really change the power they have over us. Thank you. Some good practices today. Anything else that we left out from a sort of a summary of different practices? Joanne, anything else you want to add? Are you asking what we should have said instead? (laughs) I'm just giving you a choice to add something. Just just had to do that. I'm sorry. I think what we've said is just warn people. They will start hearing that word differently than they did before. And challenge, you know, I invite all, you know, anybody listening to see, you know, try it on, see what you can do with it. But you will start hearing that word, just like when you buy a car and you suddenly see every other car is now the color of the one you just bought. This word will suddenly appear for you when you listen in a way it didn't before. And I think that's not a bad thing. Okay, with that, thank you, everybody. And we appreciate your time today. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening today. Please take a moment to subscribe to the story in your head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye.